Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 19 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Thanks for joining us today. Advocating for individuals and families living with fetal alcohol spectrum disorders, an online training, November 12th, 2021. Anyone who is employed in a child welfare, education, court, or criminal justice setting is almost certain to encounter individuals with fetal alcohol spectrum disorders, FASD, on a regular basis. This is especially true of individuals who are repeatedly in these settings, including mental health court, family court, drug court, delinquent court, criminal court, as well as other justice settings. Educators at all levels may encounter students with FASD in special education, general education, alternative living environments, and disciplinary hearings. FASD is one of the most common disabilities and may predispose one to involvement in all types of courts because of the way the brain is functioning due to prenatal alcohol exposure. This important one-day training will equip attorneys and others working in the legal and criminal justice field, individuals with FASD, family caregivers, healthcare professionals, educators, and others to better advocate for those living with an FASD. To register, go to https colon double slash B-I-T dot L-Y slash F-A-S-D I-N-A-R. And now today's episode, Advocating for Individuals with FASD Conference, a conversation with David Deere. Today, I'll be speaking with David Deere. David Deere is the treasurer for his state's FASD United affiliate, Arkansas None for Nine. For 15 years before his retirement, he worked on FASD projects funded by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. He currently serves as the co-director of the Specialty Diagnostic Resource Center, which is the first clinic and resource center in Arkansas devoted to children and adolescents suspected of having an FASD. He is a social worker by training and a retired member of the United Methodist Clergy. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Matthew 25, verses 35 and 36. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of FASD Hope. I am honored, so honored to be speaking with today's guest. He is a legacy in FASD. He has blazed so many trails for families like mine, who are finding our way on, on a road with a flashlight. He has, you know, just with his work and um, just, he has just been a champion for the FASD community. So 
And we are going to talk about a very exciting topic, which is this advocating for individuals with FASD conference that's happening in November. So we've been talking before this, uh, before we started recording too. I've, I've found a kindred spirit in, in today's guest. So I am so honored to have on our show today, David Deer. David, welcome to FASD Hope. Thank you, Natalie. It's, it's an honor to be here. And when I was listening to you begin, I thought, uh-oh, she has the wrong script for tonight. <laughs> that did not sound like me, but no, but I'm no. glad, very glad to be with you. Oh, and thank you. And, and I'm just so, again, honored for you to be on our show because you have just done so much for the FASD community. And I want to talk about that a little bit before we start talking about today's topic, which is this wonderful conference. And I, I told you before we started recording, it's literally a who's who in FASD. I really want to promote and help promote this conference. And I'm also very proud that FASD Hope is a co-sponsor. We're one of the many sponsors of this conference. So for those listeners who are not aware of Mr. David Deer's work in the field of FASD advocacy, I'd like you to just share your involvement and what you've done and what's led you up to this point. Sure, Natalie. Uh, I'm very fortunate that um, I don't know, some 15 or maybe a few more years ago, I was working at um, University University Center for Excellence in Developmental Disabilities in Arkansas. And my boss came to me and told me he wanted me to go to St. Louis for training as a trainer in FASD. And I knew a little bit about FASD. We were working broadly in the field of disabilities, but I really knew very little, like so many other people in our professional training, we got almost nothing about FASD. But uh, I went to St. Louis and the Midwest Regional Training Center on FASD, or Mr. Fastic, uh, did our training and asked us to go back and conduct at least two trainings uh, in the coming year on FASD. There, there was a group of us from Arkansas that went there. And since that time, Lee Tenku Leper has been my mentor. I can't thank her enough for everything that she has helped me with, uh, not only the additional uh, initial training, but working with me through the years on a number of things. I've worked with her on um, a couple of CDC grants. And we were fortunate in Arkansas to get a grant for, from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, a SAMHSA grant, looking at um, kids coming into foster care. So that's, that's how I got into it. And unfortunately, at that time, I only had a little bit of my salary that was paid to do some of this training and advocacy work on FASD. But at the beginning of uh, 2020, right before the pandemic, I retired which freed up a lot of time for me to work on my passion, which is FASD. And uh, we have uh, become part of the FASD United Affiliate Network, Arkansas None for Nine. And we're working on uh, helping to 
increase awareness and, and provide training for professionals and for families. I also was involved in the LEND program. That's a, another federally funded program that's leadership education in neurodevelopmental disabilities. And that program is targeting uh, training the next generation of professionals, leaders in the disability field. And was very fortunate to have a number of colleagues here in Arkansas who have really gotten on the bandwagon with FASD. And a few years ago, um, about three years ago, our students, our graduate and postgraduate students said, Arkansas needs uh, an FASD diagnostic clinic. We did not have one. Um, there were a few people getting diagnoses here and there, but it was really catch as catch can. And so these, these trainees came together and planned the clinic that continues to this day. We have um, four faculty members from Lynn that are a part of it. We began with focusing on making diagnoses, but we have expanded. We do training for professionals and we have a, um, uh, a Zoom group of caregivers that meet. Uh, we call that guided conversations. They come together once a month with a um, designated topic that we spend about half the time talking about that topic and then open up the second 30 minutes for whatever the, the participants want to talk about. So um, we're, we're trying to increase not only the number, the ability to get a diagnosis, but also to uh, expand the capacity from uh, in various groups within our, our state, uh, healthcare professionals, educators, and the conference that you mentioned will have a big focus on, on the legal community. And that's one where we really have not made great inroads in our state. And unfortunately, um, we know that so many individuals that have an FASD, whether they be juveniles or adults, are involved in the court system repeatedly. And, you know, we look to Canada who has, you know, a, a court specifically designated for individuals impacted by FASD. So I'm, I'm so thankful that you are heading up this wonderful conference again, a who's who, and really talking about the issues pertaining to education, child welfare, justice, you know, everything that we need to know. Um, and, and it's wonderful because it not only will equip attorneys and people in the, you know, who work in the legal system, but, you know, folks like me, parents, caregivers, and even self-advocates. So I originally wanted to talk specifically only about the conference, which we will. But I want to talk a little bit more about Arkansas None for Nine, because it really is. I follow you all on social media and I, you know, I follow when when you all post events. In the past year, obviously, um, in the past two years, the pandemic has really increased online support and whatnot. What are some of the other activities and, and supports and services that that Arkansas None for Nine provides to the state? Because I, I'm kind of going to divide this episode 
talking about that because that's so important. And we do have listeners from all over the world. Um, and then we'll we'll talk obviously about the conference, but let's just talk a little bit more about Arkansas None for Nine and um, what you've done and, and things that are coming up. We're, we're near the end of 2021. Um, just what offerings do you have for the community? Okay. One of the, the things that we've done is we've coordinated the work that goes on between the Lynn Clinic that I talked about and None for Nine. So we, we hope that even though those are, are two entities that they work together seamlessly. And um, we, None for Nine has done more probably in training than any other area. Um, we were fortunate to have Lee Tenku Leper come about a year ago and lead us through a strategic planning process so we could really move beyond working on the next activity and, and looking at long-term, what, what do we want to become? And we looked at not only prevention and awareness and training, but specifically doing some training for um, health professionals to help them to be more FASD informed and more competent really in, in their working with people with, with an FASD. Our one big event we just finished last month was our biennial conference. And we were fortunate to have um, the Peterson family, Craig and two of his sons, Michael and, and Andrew, came and did a wonderful job. And then we had a uh, the co-director for our clinic is Elizabeth Cleveland, who is a speech language pathologist who um, talked about um, cognition and, and speech language development in, in people with an FASD. And then we had a psychologist that works with us, um, Liz Pulliam, who talked about behavioral supports for people with, with an FASD. And then the big event before that was our webinar that we did in, in May that was sort of a prelude to the training that we're doing next month. And that was a 90-minute event. We had, um, I think, 530 people who registered for that. And thanks to people like Natalie and, and others who helped spread the word, we, we did have people from around the world. I think we had people from six countries and... 45 states that were a part of that, that webinar. That's amazing. We were greatly in debt to uh, Billy Edwards. Uh, a lot of the people listening probably know Billy. He's a deputy uh, public defender for LA County and really has been a leader in the legal advocacy for FASD. And he put together our uh, faculty for that May event and also for the one that, that's coming up in, in November. So those are, I guess, some of the highlights that, that have gone on this past year. That's wonderful. And again, you know, the silver lining of COVID is that the accessibility that Arkansas None for Nine is able to provide these amazing programs, webinars, educational experience. It's not just limited to, to you know, being local in the state anymore, even though, you know, you, Arkansas Nine for Nine is for Arkansas, folks from all around the world can benefit from your offerings and, 
and just the amazing opportunities that you provide. So I'm just so thankful to hear that. And I, I, I joke, I'm going to have a map in my home office and my goal is to interview an FASD group from every state. So now I can, I can happily say that Arkansas will be, will be checked off. So that's wonderful. And I will be sharing for our listeners all of the um, website and social media and ways that you can get in touch with Arkansas None for Nine so you can learn more and stay up to date. So now let's move on to this amazing, amazing conference that's going to be happening in a few weeks. Um, it is so important. Let's talk about just how it came to, because again, if you look at the list of speakers, which we will provide on our program notes, it's literally like the hall of fame of, of folks who have helped in FASD. Um, how did this come, come together, David? Well, it was all due to my hard work and connections. <laughs> no, really the way I got involved in it is, is I got a call from, um, I can't remember. It may have been in a planning meeting that was already going on. And it was Tom Donaldson from, what is now FASD United, then it was NOFAS, and uh, Billy Edwards, along with Diane Smith Howard from the National Disability Rights Network, and Tom Massaw from uh, Disability Rights Arkansas, and I believe Larry Bird was also part of that call. They asked me to be part of the call and said, we'd like to come to Arkansas and, and do this training. And Billy really is the one that pulled together the faculty. Most of these people are folks that he works with on an ongoing basis. Um, they do a lot of different things with, with advocacy, but one thing they do that probably is not on the radar for many of us is they get involved in a number of death penalty cases that involve people with, with FASD and they provide expert testimony trying to help judges and juries to understand just what is going on with someone with, with an FASD. And I think in general, that really is not part of determining the guilt or innocence of the individual, but it's really in the penalty phase and looking at mitigating circumstances that should be considered in terms of the sentence. And I think that's really the way the faculty came together we were fortunate to have a number of these people come to Arkansas, I think it was eight years ago. And we had a very small gathering. It's almost embarrassing how few people we were able to pull together for this all-star faculty, as you say. But um, we are very excited that we will be able to do this virtually and have quite a few people that join us this time. And we had hoped to have this a hybrid event. From the beginning, the uh, COVID pandemic has helped us to understand that we really can reach people through uh, online platforms that we never can uh, in, in an in-person event. For someone to pay to come to Arkansas and uh, you know, fly in and pay for their hotel room and all that would be prohibitive for a lot for families, certainly, and for a lot of professionals even. And the time away to travel would be difficult. 
but we had hoped that we would have an in-person component to this, but when Arkansas's numbers just kept rising and rising and rising in terms of COVID outbreak that happened uh, late summer, we, we decided that we really, in the interest of safety, had to cancel the in-person component. So it will be strictly virtual. And, um, but we're very pleased that we'll be able to hopefully reach a very wide audience because of that. Absolutely. And I, for one, am thankful because I would have never been able to make it to Arkansas, you know, from North Carolina and, and reaching out to families of children that have an FASD. It is difficult for us to travel in general, too, because it's we know it's disruptive and we know it disrupts routine. And so being able to have these opportunities to learn online, even though, you know, we miss that person to person engagement of conferences. I used to love attending conferences and presenting at conferences. And yes, it is a, a shift in, oh, back in the old days, we used to, you know, I'll go out to dinner after a presentation or something. However, the, the, the blessing in the change is that we are able to reach people that we would have never imagined through uh, virtual presentations, through virtual conferences. So let's talk about some of the subtopics that will be addressed in this conference, because we have a variety. Um, I, I noticed, you know, obviously criminal justice, legal system, but, but there are other subtopics that are going to be covered. Can you share some with us? Absolutely. I, and I'm glad you're pointing that out, Natalie, that even though the criminal courts are a big part of this, it by all means, that is not the, the entirety of it. And there's plenty here for anyone, whether it's someone from the criminal justice side, the legal community, or if it's people from education, healthcare professionals, certainly families and individuals with, um, that are living with, with an FASD. Yeah, you know, we're we're going to lead off with um, probably the star of the all stars. You might name him the MVP of, of FASD, and that's uh, Kenneth Lyon Jones, Dr. Yeah. Jones, who uh, was co-author of the original article naming and and describing FASD uh, or FAS, fetal alcohol syndrome, which is what where it started. So uh, Dr. Jones and one of his colleagues, Christina Chambers who both work now at the University of California, San Diego, will we'll do sort of an overview. They'll talk about the, the prevalence, the rates of FASD, uh, how to recognize it, dealing with stigma that's associated with it, that's such a barrier to getting people uh, the services and, and diagnoses that they need and how all of this is relevant to the juvenile justice system. So that will be the, the first uh, presentation. That'll be followed up by uh, Larry Bird from North Dakota. And he'll be talking about uh, FASD and the legal system. And for anyone that doesn't know Larry, this is not the basketball player. This is, <laughs> this is the uh, FASD advocate. He is very unusual in that he directs a clinic, he does research, he does advocacy. Uh, he's a jack of all trades and does them all well. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, then our third presenter will be Dr. Stephen Greenspan, 
and uh, he's in private practice in California. His uh, title is Social Incompetence as the Key to Reduced Culpability and Expanded Disability Edgeability in FASD. So he has done a lot of work around the issue of social competence and uh, gullibility and how that plays into people uh, breaking rules and laws and uh, how that should be considered a mitigating factor. And for those parents listening, myself included, this is a really important topic to know about because we often talk about on FASD HOPE dismaturity and developmental age. And this presentation is going to, sounds like it's really going to address it, especially when it comes to having a youth, having a child being involved in the legal system in one way or another. We have to remember that the basis of that you know, a susceptibility, that vulnerability is that primary characteristic of dismaturity, the gap that we know that rises between chronological age and developmental age. We know that gap grows bigger as individuals with FASD get older because there's more expectations and they're not able to to executive function wise they're not able to to follow through with that so i'm so thankful you're addressing that david because really those parents out there this is something you need to hear everything everything i mean my goodness but that especially hits home for a lot of the episodes we've we've spoken about that topic specifically so i'm sorry for interrupting david please no no, no i'm glad i'm glad you did i, I gr- couldn't agree with you more that that is a hugely important topic and you know to break it down what we're really talking about is uh, people succumbing to peer pressure and being the one that's put up to committing the crime because the other people know they would get in trouble if they do it. But if a person doesn't really understand consequences of their actions and cause and effect, then they want to, um, want to win the favor of their peers. They want yeah. to fit in and get along. And so they'll, they'll do these things. And over and over and over again, they get, get arrested for for things strictly because of the social incompetence that that they have in that so that social dis dismaturity. And Dr. Greenspan has probably done as much work on this as anyone in the in the country. Um, he'll be followed then after lunch by uh, Dr. Paul Connor, who is uh, affiliated with the University of Washington in Seattle and and their program that they have there. Uh, he's going to talk about neuropsychological assessment of FASD in the adult criminal justice system and looking at diagnosis, profiles, and patterns. And then Dr. Connor will be followed by Diane Smith Howard, who is on the staff at the National Disability Rights Network. And for people that aren't familiar with that network, every state has what is called a, a PNA, a protection and advocacy organization. They exist to make sure that uh, people's rights are adhered to. And they, they do a lot of work helping people understand their rights. And they do a lot of work on behalf of groups of people, uh, making sure that uh, the systems 
largely the federal or state systems that are set up to um, serve people are truly serving them and not abusing them in, in various ways. And Diane and, and Tom Massaw, who is from the, um, their program here in Arkansas, Disability Rights Arkansas, are going to talk about uh, advocating for educational rights and protections of children and youth with FASD. And I know that our group here in Arkansas has published several reports looking at mental health and disability systems, uh, congregate care facilities, and uh, when people are not being served in the way that they're supposed to, they're, if they're being injured or bullied or abused, they, they're the watchdog that the federal government has set up to, um, to serve us all in that way. Then we'll, we'll hear from Billy Edwards that I talked about earlier. He's going to have a couple of people from the Federal Public Defender's Office here in Little Rock that will be part of his presentation. It's titled Connecting the Dots, How to Obtain the Maternal Alcohol History of the Birth Mother Through Interviews and Documentation of Records. Now, hidden within that title, you would never know within that they are going to talk about some of their work defending uh, people and, and some of the death, death row cases that, that they're working on. But that issue of uh, obtaining maternal history of alcohol use, that's one of the biggest struggles we have in our clinic with making a diagnosis since that's required for most of the spectrum and often the people we're seeing are not the birth mothers and it can be really difficult to get that. And so the help they can give us in knowing how to do that better will lead to us being able to make more diagnoses. And then the originally we had planned to have a panel of about 10 people, some from Arkansas, one from Georgia, one from Minnesota, but when we went all virtual, we decided that would just be a little bit too challenging for Doug Waite to do that from New York with uh, everybody on Zoom. And so we have pivoted and asked Dr. Waite to um, address uh, children with FASD in the foster care system. For those that don't know Dr. Waite, he's widely published and uh, again, is a clinician who, who also has published widely. Uh, he does work in, in New York City. And um, we're fortunate to have him as, as part of our presenting group now. So that, that covers all the different sessions that we'll have. So I think you can see from that, no matter what perspective you're coming from, if you're uh, a therapist, a, a health professional, a disability worker, someone from criminal justice, and certainly families and people with lived experience, there'll be something here for you. And we understand that not everyone will be able to stay with us for the entire day. And so with this format, if you, know, if, if you can catch a couple of these, that's great. If you can catch all of them, that's even better. We do have continuing education that will be coming for health professionals that will be from our medical center here. And we also have CLEs that have been approved for Arkansas attorneys. And hopefully attorneys from other states can then use that to get approval from, from their state. 
That's wonderful. Oh my goodness. I, I feel like it's, it's just watching a who's who, like just, I, I've just viewed the roster of like the hall of fame game of, of FASD. My goodness, David. And my next question was going to be, what are the biggest resources from this conference? But the conference is the biggest resource you are addressing just about every angle of advocacy in FASD through this amazing conference. I am just so thankful that this is happening. So the, the other thing, let me say, Natalie, that uh, I think is another resource is having connections for uh, additional information. Uh, not only the information that people will get that day, and, and the handouts that they will make available for the participants. But um, knowing where you can turn if you need more information or more help or who's working in this area or where can I go to get more training on, on this topic. That, um, that's something that FASD United and uh, uh, Arkansas None for Nine will certainly be more than willing to help most states have some things going on. And even for the states that don't, there, there are a lot of national resources that, that can be available. And one thing uh, people probably should know about is the new initiative through the, the um, FASD United affiliates. Uh, it was headed up by Emily Rusnak out of Michigan, and she has put together the FASD National Collaborative Project and there is an amazing list of webinars and uh, online support groups that are available that are identified through that, that project. I am so glad you're mentioning that, David, because we shared recently, we shared um, the, the FASD collaborative and I have messaged um, through Facebook, Emily, and what an amazing resource that is. So I am so glad that you're mentioning that because I want to remind listeners that is out there and you sign up for it and the webinars are free and just donate. You can donate what you can to support, but oh my goodness, I'm so excited. I've already signed up for two, two webinars and I, I'm just thrilled to be doing that. So that yeah, is I've one. Signed up, I've signed up for a couple, but the other thing is if you live in an area where you don't There's know none. anyone else, Yep. This is a way you can link up through some online support groups. Exactly. There are support groups. There. It, it's such a wonderful resource and such a great initiative. Yeah, I am so excited that it's existing that and, and it's through she, she has, you know, in speaking with Emily, she has things going through like a year from now through like fall yep. of 2022, which is Absolutely. fantastic. Oh, it, it's so wonderful. So that really, to me, it gives me hope that not only does what the work that you've done through Arkansas None for Nine has grown not only in or Arkansas, but outside of Arkansas, but then this amazing conference that you know, just ordinary parents like me are going to see these people who have been, y'all have been blazing these trails for, for decades. And we're able to say, wow, and just learn from you and, and learn about every facet. And I think it's important. We have quite a few listeners of children that are young and have been either recently diagnosed or they're in the process. And my advice as, as a mom of, you know, a young adult that has an FASD is, 
learn as much as you can before the next stage. You know, you want to be proactive in that knowledge and in that information and in that preparation, you know, so I, I am just so thankful that you are spearheading this amazing conference. So let's talk about how folks can sign up for this conference and where they can go to and just how they can get the ball rolling in, in attending this wonderful conference. Sure. Uh, we can go directly to the website, the registration website. Uh, do you want me to? I've actually shared that. And okay. I've shared that. Yep. And and so I will also share it in our program notes and on our social media posts. So yes, yes, I have that website. Okay. That's probably the best way. Okay. Uh, it, it has the agenda and, and everything. Uh, want to point out, we, we hope that the registration fee will not be a barrier for anyone. Uh, the general fee is $20 for people getting continuing education that comes with it. Uh, if you are a state employee or a uh, public defender or a person living with an FASD, it's free. So um, we, we do hope that not only the listeners will sign up, but they'll tell others and encourage them to sign up for it as well. I, I really think it will be worth their time that's a, and money. That's a lot of bang for your buck. <laughs> Let me tell it, you. It really is. <laughs> you, you really, oh my goodness. And I know actually in North Carolina, there are other states that offer scholarships for parents of children that have disabilities um, to get training and get, uh, you know, uh, attend webinars and things like that too. So if you want to attend and you are not able to, I want you to email me, natalie at fasdhope.com, and I will try to put you in touch with the organization in your state that oversees parents um, receiving funds for training like that. I know in North Carolina, it's a special scholarship. I believe it's called the Rossi Scholarship, but many states through their exceptional children's programs, they offer either, you know, uh, grants or scholarships or things like that. So you get in touch with me if you can't do that, because I think this is a conference that, my goodness, I think we all need to hear what this whole day of information and resources and connections too, like you said, David, to be connected, not only during the conference, but then after the conference. And we know that connection is really key, especially when we're seeking answers and, and trying to figure out those next steps. So I am so thankful to meet you, David, and, and I hope you'll be back on FASD Hope in 2022, because I am sure if, if this conference is any indication of the work that you've been doing since you retired, sir, I, I, I have a feeling 2022 will be busy as well. But um, I am just so honored that you are on FASD Hope sharing this wonderful information. And on behalf of all of the parents out there, I humbly say thank you for the work that you have done because you have made our road a little less darker by just shining some light, you know, in all of the work that you've done. So on behalf of, of the parents out there, thank you, Mr. David Deere, for the work that you've done in FASD. Well, you're, you're too kind, Natalie. And I look at all of this work as being a team effort. Absolutely. And I, I do almost nothing by myself. It's Absolutely. one thing I've had some success in is connecting, making connections. 
and the more I think we join together and and can get connected, the the more powerful we'll be. Absolutely, absolutely. So we will list all of this information, the conference, the direct link for the website um, for the conference to sign up for the conference. This is an amazing opportunity. And I hope that, you know, everyone who's listening can take that opportunity to listen because it's not, <laughs> it's not every day you get all of these FASD pioneers and clinicians and, and people who have helped us um, along the way together to talk about what they know. So uh, before we end our episode, David, I usually like to end with words of hope for those out there, especially people who are just, you know, either finding their way, trying to figure things out. Um, just in the FASD community, there are a lot of things to be hopeful, and we've spoken about a lot of them today. But what's a, a couple of words of hope that you can leave our listeners with to take along their journey. Let me just say what really gives me hope and maybe it will someone else. When I first got into this, I, I heard a lot of really, uh, I don't know, just overwhelming and depressing uh, statements of prognosis of the life that people would have. But I've gotten to know some really delightful people who are living wonderful, happy lives. And there, there really is hope uh, at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> it's, uh, when, when I look at young adults who are really doing well, I realize that that there is hope. And I, I think the challenge that we have for that is to, as much as possible, make an early diagnosis and then give people the the strategies to give give the individual supports they need to be successful. And that um, I don't know, for me, that that's what keeps me going. It's it's not uh, necessarily the outlook for a horrible life for someone that lies ahead. There, there are many challenges without a doubt, but uh, when I see people who are living independently or as independently as any of us do, I don't live independently. Uh, if I had to exist on my own cooking, I would be in trouble. Uh, we really are interdependent. But when yeah. I see people living somewhat typical lives and and really making a contribution to their loved ones and their communities. Uh, that's the, what gives me hope and keeps me going. And that's what gives me hope and keeps me going. Mr. David Deer, thank you again for being on FASD Hope. I'm glad to do it, Natalie. Thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for what you're doing with these podcasts and all your wonderful work and, and giving people hope. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Vecchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week and remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.